0: Hi guys, welcome back to Asking for a Mate. This is the first podcast of 2020. And as you know, Asking for a Mate is a podcast for guys who are not afraid to go deep. So each month I actually ask some tough questions to my mates and see what's underneath their thick skin. And today we're literally talking about skin and body image and kind of like the difficult times that you have feeling good in your own skin. The amazing thing as well is that Matt was going to be joining us has his own story to share with us but he's also a great therapist so he's going to kind of help us understand the why and the how and how we can get beyond those kind of annoying times where you don't really feel like that great in your own skin let's get into it okay let's do it hi matt
1: hi cc how are you going?
0: Very well. I'm very excited. I was just saying, I'm very, very excited about this one. I've been meaning to do an episode like this for a while. So thanks for being here.
1: No, it's a privilege. Been looking forward to it as well.
0: Awesome. So today we are going to be talking about body image. Yep. Obviously from a Mel's perspective, right? Because otherwise that wouldn't be asking for a mate. Sure. <laughs> so just to recap, asking for a mate was created uh, as a podcast for Aussie guys to talk about Aussie guys. And just to kind of show that whatever the media is showing us might not be exactly the real representation of what an Aussie guy feel like. Yeah. And I feel like body image is a really good one to talk about.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So when I was um, doing a bit of research for that podcast, obviously from my female point of view, I grew up always thinking and being aware of my body. I kind of like was a bit of a chubby kid. And obviously with a lot of people then comes teenagehood and then the hormones change, you grew up and yeah. then, you know, the bit of the extra fat kind of ultimately
1: rounds off yeah kind of (laughs) disappears got
0: put in other areas of my body basically and then I became a woman woman. but I feel like a lot of my previous experience with my body when I was growing up and being told I was a bit chubby actually stayed with me yeah and so obviously some people might disagree but I still could see myself as you know somehow chubby Yep. Um, so that's very interesting because I think it kind of brings us to the definition of body image because I mm. don't think that it's about what actually people think about you. Uh, it's all about it's, how you feel. It's Exactly. It's about how you feel. So just to make sure that we are all on the same page, I did a bit of research around what the definition of body image is according to the World Wide Web, And uh, they were saying that body image is the perception that a person has of their physical self and the thoughts and feelings that result from that perception. The feelings can be positive, negative, or both, and are influenced by individual and environmental factors. So I think we're covering lots of interesting points here, but before we get into the whole discussion about body image, I wanted to introduce you, Matt, and Mm -hmm. who you are and what you do. So Matt is a really great friend of mine. And uh, he is also the co-founder of the Depression Project, which is a movement to make mental health more visible, but also removing the barriers for those ev- affected and also to like to help them get better, basically. So when we were talking about this, we realised there was quite a bit of crossover between what we do, obviously Matt being a lot more serious than me, <laughs> and having a huge community. Know. How many followers do you have? A million? Um, yeah, about
1: like 950,000 on Shh. Facebook, yeah, yes. so it's yeah, that's grown. Yeah, expectations.
0: Well, congratulations for the great work Thank that you. you do. Um, so yeah, there's a bit of a, a similar things in a way that Matt is, uh, trying with his uh, co-founder, to help remove some of the stigmas that we have around depression and make it a bit of a, a conversation. And I feel like uh, we already had a, a podcast episode about mental health, and I feel like. Obviously, removing the stigmas around depression is super important, but just though the society has been a little bit more open-minded about uh, talking about it, especially from a man's point of view, it's now definitely. a little yeah. bit more okay to talk about depression yeah, for a guy. Yeah,
1: definitely, yeah. I think people are starting to open up a lot more. So Exactly, which is yeah. great.
0: And it's obviously thanks to some of the great work that you guys do with other uh, organizations and other movements. But I think like with body image, it is still seen as a female issue.
1: Definitely, yeah. It's one of those things where people feel a lot more sensitive talking about body image as opposed to like something more, what they would consider more severe. Like if someone passed away that they yeah. loved, and yeah. someone got depression, like a guy got depression from that, yeah, and that would probably be viewed as a much more justifiable mm. reason to feel bad about life or themselves and have those depressive symptoms. Then, if someone just had like a little bit too much weight on them and they were feeling very self conscious and you know doing those little like micro micro behaviors, like adjusting your shirt in public, and yeah. you know like uh tapping my stomach now pushing in a little bit you know so yeah Yeah, definitely
0: yeah for sure so what do you think uh someone would say if uh let's say a guy like is having a few drinks with his mate and is kind of starting to talk about the body Mm. what do you think is the cliche thing that he's gonna be hearing from his mates
1: so I think it's more like when it comes to like body image and that sort of thing I think it's more talked about in terms of gaining something right so if someone's like a bit thin or mm. whatever it's about like gaining muscle and even like you can see like Bondi Beach in Sydney like yeah. the people are working on the bars and all that sort of stuff right but if someone's overweight or they're on that deficit kind of thing then like really removing um, that excess weight or those sort of things it's like having your ego attached to it of course right yeah. so in terms of being muscular, like I guess as a guy when you're younger and that sort of thing, you want to attract girls. So it's talked about quite a bit going to the gym. Um, But, yeah, to be sensitive about it and really, really self-conscious and for that to hold you back. And that's a bit more of like, oh, okay, like it's not – there's actually like a problem there as opposed to like, I just kind of want to gain a bit of muscle to attract a few more girls. That Uh, sort of thing, right? So, yeah, it's uh, a a different – yeah.
0: When I was doing my research, I actually felt like there was a lot of links with – getting women, which yeah. I think is very different to the way I, I would imagine in, in my experience, the way women, um, are affected by mm. negative body images. So yeah. we, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that, but before we, we kind of get into the gist, um, you mentioned like obviously Bondi, um, <laughs> and like, I mean, like I know about it, but I wanted to kind of, um, get your opinion and your point of view about what it was like to grow up in Australia yeah. and what your kind of story and your relationship with your body was like when you were growing up?
1: Yeah, sure. So for me personally, I would say um, I was also the chubby kid growing up as well. Ooh, welcome to yeah, the team. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> um So, yeah, from my younger age, I was always like very active and I would say a lot of my childhood revolved around basketball. Yeah. So like I played from like five years old and my brother as well. I was very close with him who also is a co-founder of the Depression Project and he was very attached to basketball, like was had a very – um very hyper-focused personality. Like once he decides to do something, he just goes all out on it. And for me, I kind of just like as a young kid just followed in his footsteps a bit where like we used to play together. It was a lot of fun. I felt connected to him. And I also loved playing as well, but I was probably a bit more balanced where I liked playing tennis and that sort of stuff as well. Um, So I always played basketball, like was in rep teams and um, did quite well with it, but I was also very chubby. And I think that was because like looking back now, at the time we never really uh, identified it per se but it was um I had like a food phobia right so literally from a young age all I really ate was peanut butter sandwiches oh wow okay. and to the point yeah. where it had to be a very specific brand and once it was, it was always craft smooth peanut butter it had to okay. be that
0: yeah
1: um sounds so weird looking back now but uh one time it even got recalled and my mum got a different peanut butter I could instantly tell it wasn't that one and like she was worried I wouldn't eat and that sort of thing so wow. obviously it's like quite high in fat and you're going to gain a fair bit of weight even if you go to play Basketball like six times a week, kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the chubby kid growing up in high school, uh, became a bit more weight, then I lost some, had a few like little diet attempts where I lost like eight kilos here and there. Um, and, and like you said, when you hit puberty, you grow up right, but for me, puberty literally didn't hit till I was 17. Okay, so I was like five, six, and then when I was 17, I grew like I think over six inches very quickly. Wow. Um, And, but during that time as well, I was very focused on my exams and I was just like quite hyper-focused as well, where I was like, if I don't, I just want to pour everything I have into getting these good marks Um, and anything outside of that, I wouldn't do, put any effort into. So I was just eating really uh, not great food. Uh, I was very unhealthy and gained a lot of weight over that time. So I ballooned out from like 90 odd kilos to about like 125 in a year. In a year. In a year, which is a lot of weight. Um, But I was also growing a lot as well. So I probably would have been like 15 kilos of like actual fat, which is still a lot. Um, So that was my attachment. And I had that fat kid complex, I would say, where I was very aware that I was overweight. Um, Also wasn't someone who was like getting with girls at the time as well because I wasn't very confident and all those sort of things. So that was high school. Then when I graduated, I uh, dropped 45 kilos in a year. So I went down to about. Around 80 kilos when within that first year of uni. So at the age of 18, I dropped, yeah, 45 kilos. Um,
0: Your body must be like, mate, you've got to like just chill. I know, I know.
1: The ups and downs, right? (laughs) So and I was like, I'll just do it. And I think it was mainly just because I left school because I kind of wanted to be done with school from a younger age. Um, So I was like actually very easy once I left school to do that. Um, And then, yeah, I'd say like from there on, just summarizing it a bit, I guess, I had that, still had that mental impact, right, where I still was yeah. very socially anxious, um, wasn't very confident, and I didn't even feel that comfortable being thin in a way, because I was used to being fat, and once you lose, lose the weight, like, you feel, uh, you feel better about yourself, but you still, like, the the mental aspects take more time, like, there's a bit more residue with that, and to grow into, you know, people responding to you differently and such, so, um, I'd say it took a few years to, Get, get rid of the social anxiety. Challenge myself a lot to do a lot of different things to get rid of that. Um, and then for the last five years, I haven't really cared at all about it. So, yeah, interesting journey to get here.
0: Yeah, well, I, I'm sure. <laughs> putting it is, very
1: briefly, you know, yeah. a few minutes of it. Yeah,
0: I feel like you're not. You wouldn't be the the only one at all. Like having had that, I guess it's more about being being aware of it, being like working on yourself. Mm. But I guess obviously with your with your training and your like work, you would be a little yeah. bit more aware than, than someone else, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. What, what do you think, uh, when you say in the last five years I have, I have kind of stopped caring, what do you think helped you be less uh, maybe aware or, you know, focusing on this?
1: Yeah. So I'd say I'm like, I'm very obsessed with psychology. So there was no alternative option of what I would do if I wasn't going to do psychology, I would say. So I was fascinated Not just in learning, just like reading textbooks for fun in my free time. I was just fascinated about myself, where I was like, if I want to be a very good therapist Mm -hmm. and to help a lot of people, I have to like sort my own shit out, right? Where I'm like, I don't want to be that person who's just like giving out the advice, but like can't take on any on himself. So it was a long process of just sort of figuring out. Like at the start, I had my self esteem very attached to the body, right? So from a younger age um that's kind of like the fat complex where if you're young and you're fat you have your self-worth attached to your body weight yeah how you're perceived by others um physically and then once you lose all the weight you still have a lot of your self-worth attached to your body because now you're thin and it's sort of like coping with it in a way like the underlying cause behind uh, the suffering you're going through is the attachment of your self-worth to yeah. your body right um if you have probably like a healthy self-esteem or healthy self-worth it'll be kind of diversified so You may have some attached to maybe your intelligence. You could have some attached to your generosity to others, caring for others, maybe a little bit attached to your body too. Like that can be very healthy because you may be more active, eating healthier, and that sort of stuff. Um, So I guess there was a process of removing like let's say 80 to 90, maybe even up to 100 at times, percent of my self-worth from my body, uh, even after I lost the weight because I'm like, well, I still don't want to have so much self-worth and so much of my identity attached to how I appear because then it's just sort of like a lifelong journey of like, oh, I gained a few kilos. So now I now feel shit about myself I feel yeah, and that sort of stuff. Right. So I, I could probably switch on to that around like 22 and I got like in very good shape. So mm. part of it is just like going from very overweight to just looking healthy. Then it was like gaining a lot of muscle and like had a bit of a six pack. Um, and my ego was quite high at that point. Cause again, I had like my self-worth attached to it. And then I sort of was like, oh, look, I, I really just want to grow out of this. This is a bit silly. So, um, yeah, I'd say in the last three or four years, that's very clearly hasn't been a part of my self-worth because I went traveling for a few years and I was, uh, was on a budget and I couldn't really afford the gym and stuff. And I, it was actually like a very like therapeutic process of like watching myself lose all the muscle and like just, you know, get by my terms out of shape and me just not caring at all. Cause I'm like, oh, like, look, I can easily just gain, it, gain the muscle back and get in better shape at some point in the future. And it had very, almost zero effect on my confidence went about the world. what i did in the exact same way um so i think that's like sort of like full recovery from the fat complex it's not about losing the weight and then getting some ego out of looking good and others being impressed by however you look or whatever it's about actually like you know uh, diversifying your self-worth to other factors about yourself and recognizing that I love
0: yeah. it. It's like a portfolio management. <laughs> you
1: just make <laughs> yeah. sure that you don't. sounds very technical, doesn't it? But it, no. But it is true, yeah.
0: Fascinating.
1: And for other people, like as in with girls, it could be, you know, like their, their nose, for example, like the nose job is common or like it can be attached to anything. For me, it was weight. For others, it's like, you know, like I said, like their nose it could be. For guys, their height, that's a common one. Yeah. Uh, it can be any number of things. And um, I think that's like the full process of growth. Like a lot of people kind of find coping ways to um not have it affect them in their real life. But like the recovery I sort of call it is just like having a healthier way of actually looking at yourself. So mm. even if you gain a bit of weight during stressful times and, you know, it's fine to do that, um, obviously if it's not long-term, mm. it's still very, yeah, it doesn't affect you.
0: I was also thinking about when you, you know, when you grow up, you were say, talking about the fact mm. that you diversify your your worth of, of self, your yeah, self-worth. <laughs> I guess it's kind of also being aware uh, of your other like charms, mm. like what defines you rather than just your physical appearance. And as you say, whether it's your weight or your hair yeah. or whatever. Um, but yeah, when you grow up, you start understanding how basically you define yourself mm. and what are just your, the good things about you rather than just focusing on that. So probably yeah. like growing up should be, should be something that's going to help you.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, like at least for me personally, I sort of had a, a bit of a, a shift where how I looked at my life where I was like, there was, like, me in school and there was me after school, right? Mm-hmm. Me in school was fat, uh, very shy, had, like, yeah. very um low self-worth, which was attached to other things than just body image, right? Um, and then after school I just put in heaps and heaps and heaps of work to, like, a very obsessive state to, like, get to a good place. Um, and I think if you have a, like, transformation with your weight or whatever it is, even if you had, like, a a little, like, a cosmetic surgery or whatever, there's sort of, yeah, this like, there was me before and me after, right? Yeah. And the full growth is in realizing like you're the exact same person. Like, and that was like one of the best moments where I was like, um, yeah, again, like probably three or four, five years ago when I was like, oh, like literally I'm like the exact same kid I was when I was younger. I was always caring, was always like very, or try to be generous and help others in need. Um, you know, was always like a bit, bit of a funny kid or whatever. So, um, I was the exact same person, but how I expressed that was very differently instead of like withholding so much. And being fearing, fearing of judgment, now it's just like it's just being expressed a little bit better. Yeah, um, yeah. So like the exact same person, no matter what transformation you go through, it's just express better.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when you when you had those challenges growing up, yeah, did you were you able to express it to your mates, to your family? Is that something you discussed, or that you had some people and like you know talking about their own shit in a way?
1: Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I think everyone knew it. Everyone knew that I was quite. Uh, reserved. I would say it was like this is also very much coupled with social anxiety, where that was a much deeper issue than just the weight. Um, my f- close friends knew they can also tell where like if I was around them and a couple of others, it was different to how I was when I was with new people and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Because um, so I knew they accepted me, but I was fearing judgment from new people. So I didn't know if they accepted me yet. Right? Um, so I told my friends. Like my my, I always had a very close relationship with my mum, so she knew. Uh, my dad as well but i just chatted more with my mom i guess about Mm -hmm. these things uh so yeah i felt open enough to tell people and they're always i was very lucky where i didn't really get bullied at all for it like i mean there was a few little comments here and there but to me that's not like at the time it like hurts like shit but like Mm -hmm. it isn't actually bullying like i always rip the piss out of my friends and they do with me now um same did back then but i was just a bit more sensitive to it right so um yeah. So I was very lucky having supportive friends. And I think as well for me specifically, cause I was like very overweight. I was only one of two or three kids in the whole grade. who was overweight. Then there's also people who like, I was talking to my housemate recently and I've been friends with him for 15 years. And he was saying like in school, he sort of identified as someone who was quite underweight and quite bony. Mm. And I just would have had no clue and he felt that way because I'm just like he's like the dream scenario is very thin. He can't put on weight. I'm like, how? Like that's exactly what I would have wanted, right?
0: <laughs> I know it's crazy, yeah. I and hate then those people,
1: 100. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, it's so easy. Even now we joke about it because I can gain muscle very easily and yeah. he can't. Yeah, but like, I it's harder for me to lose weight and have like very yeah. like a, the Tying. perfect stomach, yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah. and we want like a bit of both from each other. But yeah, everyone everyone has their own thing they're attached to. Like for him, it was being underweight. My other friend recently oh. said like he had like he had bad acne in school, but I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about my own weight, right? And he was recently saying, like, oh, it's just crazy that like, you know, like I, I had that acne and I was really embarrassed about it and that sort of thing. So everyone has their own little theme, their self-worth is attached to it. it could be like clear skin for him. Yeah. but I, mean, I never really had that issue. So I'm like, oh, why would it why would it be a problem, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, completely. There's yeah, there's so many different things, I guess, yeah, for guys, whether it's your your height, your yeah. You know whether you have body hair. Like I remember my my friends when we were growing up. I was yeah. obviously it wasn't in hindsight, it's not so clever. But I was making fun of them because they didn't have enough uh, beard or something. Or that you know oh, yeah, yeah. saying, "Oh my god, you look so great with your new beard after like a." Summer. Oh, that was
1: me. I couldn't grow a beard till I was twenty five. <laughs> uh, like super late developer. Like I didn't have any facial hair till I was like 22, 23, and I only grew underarm hair. I remember like on the bus to uh, basketball. Yeah, I used to like you have to hold up your yeah. hands for yeah. the to hold on. And I had, like, no underarm hair at all. And I was, like, grade 11, 16 or 17, like, had a very high-pitched voice, you know, that sort of thing. And there were, like, kids in year 9 who, like, had, like, a masculine voice and, like, had a um, underarm hair. And I was just like, oh, fucking hell. Like, <laughs> just, God <laughs> Almighty, yeah. So I was, I don't know, everyone's got their own shit, right? So Yeah, yeah. and we
0: all adapt the way we do things, the way we dress. Yeah, like, definitely. To help either, like, hide or, you know, yeah try to put yeah. Yeah, emphasis on other things. Yeah. Uh, i get I, I tell me if I'm wrong but obviously you didn't grow up in Europe I grew up in europe yeah. i didn't grow up here but ev ever, ever since i've moved here I've seen schools like going to the beach going to the pool um i don't know the sense of the, the the activities that they have to me seems a lot more body revealing than how I felt when I was growing up and I would have been terrified if I had to like be in a swimsuit in front of my oh,
1: uh, yeah.
0: my schoolmates but a, I, tell me if I'm wrong, but I have a feeling that here, it's like quite common to be yeah. literally half naked in front. And I even see on, on Bondi. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh my God, I see those like 15 <laughs> years old with like almost like thongs. Oh uh, like, really? And I'm right. like, what? And I mean, good on them. They look gorgeous. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. they're still 15, but I'm like shocked and yeah, you know, back to go. yeah, yeah.
1: So I think for us, like, I mean, I remember we used to do swimming at like the rock pools and stuff in Sydney. Um, so yeah, we went, we would go swimming as part of sport. We'd always have like, uh, I forgot what it's called, like that, like the athletic competition every year. And they also had like the swimming competition every year and also like a school event that everyone went to. So yeah, yeah, we definitely swimming was like a decent part of growing up, at least like a few instances here and there. But of course also in summer too, when like everyone goes to the beach, especially when you're a kid, like you don't have options of like, now that we're adults, we can go to bars or, um, you know, we can do different, different things. Right. Um but yeah back then it was always like for me personally was going to Manly Beach every summer and yeah it was always not not the most uh best time for me yeah. cuz i was a bit self-conscious but yeah it's a big part of it
0: do you do you think that it's possible that kids like uh like that and potentially like you because you grew up near a beach do you think that the way they grew up puts a lot more emphasis on their body and the way they look as their childhood development
1: um I think it's going up over time and, like, I've noticed it like, you know, me being a bit of a psychologist and I, like, I love analysing everything, right? So I actually, like, watch a bit of reality TV and I'm very curious for the younger generation, right? And, yeah, have got these all these shows, like, that's like Jersey Shore was big 10 years my ago. I'm eyes
0: like you've not, got no idea.
1: I know, like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I roll my eyes as well when I watch it, but it's just so interesting, like, Jersey Shore, Geordie Shore, like, all these X on the Beach, like all these, like, reality spin-off TV shows and all of them are very much focused on a very, very small um, sample size of people where it's like the girls are all gorgeous, the guys yeah. are all gorgeous. And do you find them gorgeous? I mean, like, I'm just saying, probably from a girl's angle, they're like they're they're always very muscular. They spend like they don't got nothing to do. Like, like Love Island, for example. always yeah. whenever I watched a few episodes, are just working out in a big house doing nothing, or like yeah. sitting on a beach, right? So they, but
0: the girls, or the, they're like the water. I don't know how much plastic they've gotten in themselves.
1: Yeah, I would. I mean, like personally, <laughs> not my type, right? But you know, like. I don't know. Like they've very much got their market right, where like it's very. They're probably going with like the most typical sort of stereotype for someone who's attractive, right? Yeah. Um. And like in those houses, they're just they're by the pool, they're working out. It's all without their shirt on, and obviously I guess that makes the views a little bit higher. Uh, and yeah. kids watch this stuff right so yeah. i think that's sort of what's adding a lot of emphasis on this too because it's gone yeah. from like fictional characters in tv shows dramas like when i was young, i was watching like prison break and heroes mm. was a tv oh, show it
0: was hot loved oh. all of them and like
1: there were people who were attractive in that too but like it was also like a lot less revealing now it's yeah. i think the transition is more towards reality tv it's even more towards like social media like instagram and all that sort of stuff where like you know you'd probably follow people a bit more attractive or in the wellness space um, at least that's like one demographic or niche which people follow. Um, so I think kids really notice that stuff and even like they may want to also be like social media famous They may want to have a big TikTok following now. That's, that's going oh, that's off. a new thing. All those little things, right? So they're probably more focused on, oh, how can I get a few more followers? What may tip me over the edge? And yeah. like a low barrier to entry to doing that is just like being a little bit more attractive or, you yeah. know, even the filters now, whatever it, is, it, whatever it is, it's like it's focused on acceptance and a part of acceptance or well, one way to get acceptance by others is just to be attractive. Yeah, right? like an easy way.
0: I feel like we, I'm like passionate about that, and I would mm-hmm. definitely want to like go a lot further in that. But I feel like otherwise, I'm I'm worried that we're going to go off. Yeah, yeah. The, sure. But Sorry. one thing, Bit of a tangent. no, 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 yeah, no, but- no, it's perfect because one thing that you mentioned was about social media. Yeah. And uh, and obviously, uh, like I I, want, I could talk about girls, but I want to focus on guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you were saying about uh, whether it's Love Island and TV series or on Instagram, I think there is definitely something that is crucial. Is like you see more and more those guys that spend mm. heaps of time at the gym, that bulk up and are ripped and so lean, and they probably take so many supplements that mm-hmm. are just obviously which close. Are
1: very unhealthy as well. Yeah, like, could be potentially close yeah. to
0: super unhealthy. So. And, and then I also like wanted to just talk about main mainstream and, and something that I actually don't think is really, is really bad. It's like, for example, like movies and like superhero yeah. movies, but when you and I were growing up, um, because we're quite in a similar generation. When you when I I had a look back at the figures of the, the the main actors in the hero movies that we had whether I don't know if you remember like Superman on TV with like Clark Kent and his like glasses like yeah yeah it was it was good looking but it mm. was not that freaking ripped
1: definitely and
0: and you know Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger I can't really pronounce that yeah. he was seen as the completely extreme almost like unreal like and you know with it was like the um, it was almost seen as like a robot, right? And he even yep. played robot and uh, Terminator, right? But when you see those guys now, um, they make it look like it's the de norm.
1: Definitely, that's and, a huge difference because that's what I mean. Like super Superman's like this idealistic like think, person to aspire to, which is like good for kids as well. Like yeah. you need like some someone to pedestal. I'm like, oh, it'd yeah. be nice to be more like him. He's you know he's courageous. Those sort of things, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was like one of a kind, Completely. very well known for that. But then, when you see it on Instagram, you know the reality TV shows, it becomes much more normalized yeah. than you think. And especially with Instagram, like you, the algorithm is to for you to see more people um,
0: that you would that tap you already like, follow yeah, one or two of, right?
1: So if you see that constantly, all you start thinking is like, "Oh, this is how everyone is. This is how everyone is," and you want to be like yeah. them more and more. So the distance between you and this like six pack, perfect body for a guy. Yeah is much shorter than it would be if you, all you saw was like, you know, Superman, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. right?
0: But even if you look at the the current um, heroes that we've got on TV, like something very strand would be like Crims Hemsworth, right? Yeah. Being Thor, now he's seen as a new superhero. And you look at all the superheroes and actually th- sometimes they're even vocal about it, about the amount of work that is needed for them to Definitely. be – body ready for those type of exercises to be on, like Definitely. to be a superhero. But I feel like media is still uh, like putting this into a positive of like, you know, this is the new diet they need to do to look like Thor. Like, man, yeah. the amount of pressure we put on those kids.
1: A hundred percent. And that's the other thing too. You're always saying, this is like a thing I say where it's like, you're always saying someone's highlight reel or not there behind the scenes. Oh, and yeah. it's the same with anything, even like there's a documentary on like Beyonce and Um, the behind the scenes of her performance at Coachella. And I was like, oh, my God, like the amount of work that goes into that is unbelievable. But, like, you see one hour on stage, you're like phenomenal, right? How does she do it? But, like, you see all the hard work, kind of makes sense. Same with, like, the body too where it's like I saw a documentary on, like, bodybuilding and what they have to do to get ready for a a perfect shoot and all that sort of stuff. And so much goes into it where, like, even, you know, someone may be walking around um, who has a six-pack but for that shoot they will diet for, like, four days straight. remove all, all salt or whatever it is like yeah. they really are super strict just for three or four days even just to get ready for that shoot
0: completely and they, and
1: they literally look like that for like a few hours and yeah. then it goes back to i oh, just guzzling water and you know what i mean so yeah. it's just you can't compare yourself to like a very a highlight completely. reel which lasts for like one hour i used yeah. to
0: be obsessed with the victoria secret models and probably mm. no one ever has heard that from me <laughs> because i'm i would say i'm a Bit of a strong feminist. Yeah. Uh, that was a few years ago. And then someday I had a bit of a, I a light bulb moment being like, but that's all they do, all they're paid exactly. for. And I'm not trying to discredit them. Like, no, Don't get me all. wrong, like, they're freaking gorgeous. Yeah, But their body, obviously you have like genetics, but still like how perfectly defined their yeah. body is. It's just mm. because that's what they're paid to do, twenty four seven to be a model. And as much as I would love sometimes to have a body as defined right. as them and as perfectly, you know, whatever, like it's I, I have a job,
1: <laughs> I have a podcast, exactly, yeah.
0: I've got friends and family, and I, you know, I don't have a chef at home that cooks mm. for me.
1: And I think it's and that's a good point as well, where like it's not even that like you have this idealistic body that you want to get to, right? But it isn't even necessarily it may not be in your best interest to put all the work into that. Where like, no. for example, with me, with the depression product, there's been times where I've been like working extremely hard for like a year and a half or so. And when I got back from traveling, when I started trying to lose a bit of weight and um putting on muscle again, it was a lot harder than before. Mm. And before when I was in really good shape, I was in uni and I just had all the time in the world. Like yeah. I wasn't working full time. Um, it didn't take very much effort to um, to get the marks or whatever I wanted. So I had so much free time. I just was like lounging around thinking about things and going to the gym and stuff. Now it's like putting in 10 or 12 hour days of work constantly, yeah. uh, seeing friends, seeing family in Sydney, all these things going on, uh, all this stuff. And, I'm, um, you know, to fit in the gym and healthy eating, that, yeah. it's not that easy. And I was also yeah. vegan as well for three years, which oh, is wow. a lot harder to get the protein.
0: Completely, yeah. So I was
1: adjusting to like a new diet while trying to gain the muscle, that sort of stuff. And if I had an, diversified my self-esteem I would have felt like shit throughout the whole process yeah. because I'm like not where I want, want to be but I'm sort of at the time because I didn't really mind as much I'm like hey I'm doing so much good work with this stuff if I don't look the best for like six months who really cares i I get heaps of progress and go yeah. like make huge advances with the depression product which we did over that time then okay was that worth being a few kilos heavier than I would have yeah. ideally been yeah much much more so so if you don't have that huge attachment to it if you don't have this like you know you're fearful of letting go of it. Then you're not going to excel in other areas. Where like you're not you're going to go through a phase where you're at like a disequilibrium of yeah. you know you're in a transition phase of a new life, working very hard. Your diet's going to fall off a little bit here and there, and there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, long term it's not ideal, but mm. like you know, having an off month because you're really stressed with work, yeah, it's not the end of the world.
0: Yeah, I think from what you were saying, when I'm hearing from you is that um, like obviously you want to stay in shape, and it's very important. But sometimes the priority is not just to think about literally your image.
1: 100%. Like, just 100%. Like,
0: you have to nourish other parts of yourself. And it comes from your career, like literally helping others. Like, you have a job where you can say, I'm helping people. And I'm seeing it like, like all the time I see it on Instagram, like what you do helps people. Hmm. So sometimes, yeah, like maybe your body and just, it's a bit superficial to say, like, you know, maybe just caring less about. 100%
1: I think as well like in terms of how you look at yourself and what you do and what gives you meaning in life for me it's being generous to friends and family if I know if any of them had a mental health issue I'd like someone actually went through something recently and he 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 called me to hang out and and I was actually going to film a course the next day and we talked for four hours straight in person and like I really helped them so for me being generous and helping others is very important that's what gives me a lot of meaning and for me like selfish but not selfish. I mean. The gym itself is a time mm. to be selfish. Where I'm like, that's purely about me
0: and that sort of thing.
1: Self-focus. It's just like a time for me to relax. Yeah. gives me a bit of a buzz. Lets out some stress. But like, that's purely about me. So you think like, what do you value in your life? And if you value others or if you want to have a good impact, if you want to be, you know, it doesn't have to be the depression product and doing the social media stuff, it may just be being a good partner to a loved one. Um, and there are some barriers between you and being that person you want to be to your partner, which may involve more introspection and working on your own personal growth outside of fit, yeah. fitness. Um, it's just a matter of like what you value and what you prioritize. And sometimes like your body may not be the number one thing to prioritize and maybe holding you back from doing other things, which may have a bigger personal growth. Yeah. In them.
0: That being said though, I think you, you, you've been through a lot of, uh, self work, And looking inside, what would you say to someone that, um, still like, you know, still like, it's too hard for them to actually think about something else than the body image or to have a very negative view of themselves that it really impacts their mental health. What, what do you think would be the the recommendation that you give them to be able to achieve, obviously like caring more about potentially how you're helping others and, you know, being less focusing on that because I think it's easy for us now to say that. Definitely.
1: Yeah. But, but when you're in the thick of it, it's yeah, very real.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, what should you, what should you do basically?
1: So I'd say like, in terms of the goal, like again, if you're very overweight, then like I was, you think the goal is, oh, if I'm thin, all my problems will be solved. Mm. But the the full hero's journey is like, you sort of, you have this big transformation, you get to your dream goal, but then you realize like that this isn't actually what I was seeking. There's not fulfillment Mm. in actually getting that. And others it may be, you know, the the acne situation, whatever it is. So that isn't actually what your goal goal is. Your goal is to be accepted within yourself and to feel comfortable in your own skin. So Mm. always try and add a layer of depth to what your goals are, even if it's something like, you know, making a lot of money and stuff, think what the actual reason is behind that. So that's a rule for anything outside of even body image. Um, so if you realize what that is then again it isn't about also accepting yourself like I think there's a lot of like fat acceptance out there right and it's good to sort of love yourself even when you are overweight Um, but it may still not be ideal for you personally so if you're overweight you may want to be thin thin Thin's being healthier I think Um, so work hard to get towards your goal that's good but also realize the internal work you can do a lot of Uh, even when you are overweight and you don't have to lose all the weight now, it may take a few years on your journey to get the right systems in place for you to lose weight. You may have a lot of issues going on. Like let's say if if you've got a loved one who's got cancer or something, Like your your priority may be on stretching yourself, being the carer, all those sort of things. It may be very hard for you in the moment to actually be trying to lose weight and do all that stuff at the same time as you're going to burn out. You're going to feel worse about yourself. You're going to think you can't do it. Um, so if you have any unrealistic expectations on yourself try to let go of them try to be kind to yourself and in terms of thinking about your body image and who you are I think diversifying yeah your self-worth and self-esteem away from your body is good as well where what are some other things in your life which you are proud of what are some other things which you value within yourself and within others so again if you are a generous person that's really good. So you shouldn't be saying, looking in the mirror, looking at your gut or whatever it is and saying, I'm a piece of shit or something because the reality TV stars are in shape and I'm not, there's all these things, all these like really, really good traits that people have that they're not aware of. So try to just like separate your attachment a little bit from your body and you can sort of even, it's not a matter of acceptance saying, oh, I'm just going to be fat forever and I'm just going to accept it. It's sort of thinking like, okay, it's not ideal now. I would prefer to be thin, but Hey, I've also got all these other traits I'm like a good friend, you know, I've got a good relationship with my with my parents, whatever those things are, if you can bring awareness to that as well, then it just it removes some of the intensity of the symptoms that you are facing. If it's depression or whatever it is, even if it's just like sadness, shame, guilt, whatever it is, just think, hey, it's not going to be like this forever. Um, gradually I'll chip away and make some progress on it. But for the time being, yeah. hey, there's these other things I want to focus on and other things that I have now, which are great.
0: I love it. And so yeah. do you think because obviously that really speaks to me, I think i'm I'm using a lot to, way too much energy uh, in my brain on focusing on on the way my body looks yeah. so would you say that every time uh, we've got something popping in our head about like our tummy frame, my tummy is like it's got rolls yeah is that then like straight away being like I'm amazing at um i don't know at swimming?:
1: yeah, so I'd say like it's sort of like. The thoughts themselves, so I, when it comes to mental health, there's like two angles I sort of come at it from. There's the cognitive side and there's like the mindfulness sort of side. So for the emotions, right? Thoughts are only painful if you have emotion attached to them. Okay. So if you have 100%, like if I look in the mirror and I think, like, and I look at my stomach, I may I may now say, oh, you look like shit, right? Mm-hmm. But I kind of also find that funny. It doesn't give me any pain at all because I'm not where my standards are. I would like to have a bit like, you know, lose a few more kilos or whatever, but um, the thought itself doesn't mean, doesn't hurt me in the slightest. Cause I'm very aware of all these other good things that I'm doing. Not that I'm perfect in the slightest, but my self-worth is very much diversified to a lot mm. of other things and it doesn't really affect me at all. So having the thoughts, it really doesn't matter. Like I had the exact same thought when I was, you know, 12 years ago, I'd honestly be like crying in front of the mirror mm. and like feeling terrible, but now I just couldn't care less. Right. So if you actually have these other things, so if you look in the mirror and you have that thought, you can say, all right, like, Yeah, not ideal, but I also am generous. I have these other good traits. So, hey, I'll just be a little bit easier on myself. People would love to be with someone who's, you know, even if it's like if you want to be thin to attract other people, there are women or vice versa um, out there who would really like a generous partner who cares about others. And even like looking at yourself and your body, it shows that like you want to improve and all that sort of stuff. So I think you bring awareness to those sort of things and you – gradually separate your attachment to it then I can help. Amazing. Yeah.
0: I was looking at the, the data and apparently like 45% of western men are unhappy with their bodies in some way um, and it used to be 15% 25 years ago. Wild.
1: Yeah.
0: So we're seeing a huge increase um in the re- recent years.
1: Yeah.
0: Um do you think that there's a possibility that if guys open up a bit more like same as like mental health things would probably help and change in in a positive way
1: i think so yeah i think opening up and talking is fantastic because i think there's stages of change when it comes to anything mental health or physical health where um like one like let's let's say it's quite common with addiction where that's like it's pre-contemplative contemplative contemplative. so pre-contemplative is where like you just are in denial about things you don't need to change and you're completely fine with your life contemplative is like yeah look i need to change uh but i'm just not really ready yet uh preparation is Like you've got the formula there of what you want to do and you're just like getting ready to do it. Then there's action, actually doing it, maintenance and all that sort of stuff. So when it comes to like talking about it and all that sort of thing, it's very much in a pre-contemplative phase where that's like the first step to sort of accepting that, hey, I have a little issue here. I would like to resolve it. And just by externalizing and getting out of your head because so many Mm -hmm. people have things in their head which just like isn't reality in the sense that like it's true to them. But like, I mean, if you told me about your body image issues, I'd be like, come on, say to me. you know, like like there's no reason and probably vice versa and
0: Completely. same with
1: other friends who have opened up about stuff. I'm like, mate, this just is not a big deal. Like, I mean, for you, it's a big deal. It's very real, but like it's yeah. not measured with how other people see it. Yeah. So opening up kind of uh, gives you a bit more context and that's fantastic. And then as a society, at least, even like what I'm trying to do with the depression product is make the tools accessible to everyone, like bringing some awareness into actually like the psychological aspects behind this stuff where
0: yeah.
1: again, even just by me, Start talking about this like self-worth diversified kind of thing like it's not very very well known and I think people who had like this body image issue they probably wouldn't even be aware of like oh wow like if I did this internal change and I diversified my attachment to different things then I wouldn't really be as affected and fixated on this one aspect of my life yeah.
0: thank you so much for like getting past the stigma of um it's hard no worries, to talk yeah. about that
1: that's been really good we'll have to do another one at some point for, for sure podcast yeah
0: and thank you so much for sharing all of your obviously your professional um knowledge yeah. and also explaining things in such a relatable way i personally really learned a lot about my own oh, thing thank you so much. i'm <laughs> not a guy but i think you did an awesome job explaining it
1: no worries thank you for having me you
0: your intention. Thank you so much for listening until the end of the episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and leave us a review on your preferred podcast app that really help us to grow. And we're going to be working on a lot of different episodes this year. So if you have any things that you'd like to address or if you know anyone that would be great to join the podcast, you can reach us on the website askingforamate.org or on instagram uh, askingforamate.podcast thank you so much guys and don't forget to be asking for a mate